Hello and welcome to Someone Should Make This, a show where we do the hard part of coming up with great video game ideas and offer them up to the world. My name is Danish. I'm Jeff. And I'm Matt. Happy hey Valentine's guys. Day, guys. Happy Valentine's Day. It is Valentine's Day. Me and, me, yeah. me and Kelsey don't do Valentine's Day. Do you guys do anything? Nope. Sort sort of. Usually just it's a one dinner. Of, it's one of those things where it's like, we're always both like, Valentine's Day is stupid, right? Like, we're on the same page. and <laughs> But then, like, it starts coming around, and I'm like, but I do want to, like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you, like, maybe we make dinner. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. You know, yeah. Do a little, I don't want to go out and, like, buy a bunch of fucking, like, heart-branded shit, though. Like, I don't want to do that stuff. That's yeah, what exactly. It's like it, you want to do – you want to show uh, someone that they're important, but you don't want to conform to yeah. the man. Yeah. Right. Yeah, the, exactly. the heart man. The hallmark man. Um, yeah, very cool. Uh, so what have you guys been up to this week? Oh, Valheim. Man. So many games, but Valheim Everyone's been talking them. about that. I, don't, I, really, I know there's giant things, and that's all I know. I don't really know anything about that it's game. It's Deforestation Simulator. It's so great. <laughs> yeah. Huh. It's, if it's, you want to uh, cut down trees for like eight hours straight, this is your game. <laughs> it's really good for that. It's really good for that. Um, yeah, Valheim is, I mean, it's, it's, everybody's talking about it right now. It's, it's going crazy on Twitch, which is insane mm-hmm. to me because you're just watching people cut down trees. And honestly, but... <laughs> the game, like it's got a style that I like, but it's not something I would seek out for recreational viewing. If that it's, makes sense. It, no. Yeah. It's, it, I don't like, here's, I love the game. I think it, it looks great, but also bad at the yeah. same time. The art style is very strange. Um, but the playing it is great. I just cannot understand how it got popular. It doesn't. I don't know how people got drawn to it. I guess is it like initially because you don't know the game's good until you get into it and you start messing with the systems and understand like right. And I, I'm not even far good. enough to like. I'm I'm still collecting my my deer trophies for that first boss. So I have I have very little experience with this game. That takes okay, so a this long is time if you I know, know. So it does. This is a survival game. Yeah. So imagine Conan Exiles. But like somebody modded it into Minecraft, like that's the best way I can describe it. Sorta, yeah. Um, I I, wonder, I feel like I should just give a specific example, like like just like mm-hmm. everybody's played some sort of survival game, right? Like, because my mm-hmm. thing is like I've always tried the first like ten minutes of tons of survival games. I always bounce off them. Um, but generally, what happens is you 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 land in a space. You're you're butt naked. In this case, you get some underwear at least. Yeah. Um, Conan Exiles, not so much. Um. And then there's like twigs on the ground or there's, and there's rocks on the grounds and maybe there's like enemies nearby, but hopefully not that close. And you, you get twigs, you get rocks and you, you jam them together and it goes, good job. You made an ax. And then with that ax, you're like, oh shit, I can cut down trees now. Cut down those trees. You got like better wood. And it's like, oh, you can build a table. Like, fuck yeah. You go to the table, you build it. It's like, oh, look at all this new stuff you can, you can make from the table. And like, here's the recipes for those things. And then like, as you're going out, you're finding new materials. And as you're getting these new materials, like these new recipes are unlocking. It's like, oh, now that you have this, you can make all this stuff. Now you have that, you can make all this stuff. And like the whole time you're just like, everything's awesome. You're like, oh, I want to go build that. I want to go build that. And you're just spending all this time. And it feels like every step you take and every move you make, somebody's watching you on Twitch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just fun. You just always feel like you're you're building yeah. towards something, and, and no matter what you're doing. It's it feels a little bit more simplified. Like I've I've played survival games. Even No Man's Sky is is technically a survival game, um, but only for like the first hour, right? 
where mm-hmm. like you have to find oxygen, you have to find food, or, or I can't. It's been so fucking long since I played No Man's Sky. But um, in Valheim, like those meters go down so slowly, which feels great. Um, so you're not pressed to find food, and and you, I don't think you even need water. It's just food, and you, there are berries no fucking everywhere. My the thing that gripped me immediately, and this is so dumb, is that it just felt badass to punch trees for the first like 15 minutes to get enough wood to build my <laughs> axe and my hammer because you need the hammer to build the table so you're just like punching trees like a complete badass the whole time well, well little i mean trees, Minecraft, right? Minecraft right right the little starts trees. the game punching trees too right uh, but this is this is like a full-on like action rpg punch animation like you got your dukes up and you're really giving it to this tree yeah, the, dude's like, the dude's <laughs> bouncing like rocky in front of this tree um well, but okay it's, so my it's, question it's, is good. You've described sort of, you know, the, the, the loop of survival games. Yes. What is the thing that makes this, like, Matt, what is the thing that made this not, you, you not bounce off this? Is it just because the options were more enticing? Uh, there, there is sort of this set, like, like I said, I, I, if I'm playing, I don't know, just any other one of these that I've tried, I always feel like there's a sort of a set route of like, okay, mm. I have to get this thing up. I then have to go build this thing. And then I have to do this. And I always feel like I don't actually know that. Like, I feel like I have to look this shit up. Like, I'm dying because I don't know what I'm supposed mm. to be doing. And this game, one, does a really good job of telling you what you should be doing. Yeah. And two, you kind of don't have to be doing anything. Like, if if uh, if you haven't built a shelter and night falls and you don't have a bed, it's kind of fine. Like, you might die, mm. but... One, you respawn like a little bit. It, it kind of does the Dark Souls things of like get back to your body and you can get all your shit back, mm-hmm. um, which has interesting implications if you go to other people's servers because your character is persistent, but I can server hop and go to other people's worlds. And so like what I take with me will go there. And if I die and don't return it, it's on their server until I go back to it, which is one mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, but like kind of like I said, like I, I'm sort of, at least in the initial hours, you're getting all of these recipes for weapons or new like walls you can build or like little traps you can put around your camp and it's just like everything i see i'm like oh that looks cool that looks cool that looks cool they all need wood they all need rocks so i'm just gonna zone the fuck out for like two hours and cut down trees and pick up rocks and then i'm gonna go back to my base and just build all this cool shit and it's so satisfying because you get that like i don't want to say instant gratification because i just spent two hours cutting down trees but like it's just really zen in in that yeah. you're you're not like there's enemies and they will fuck you up, but it's pretty easy to just go to an area where you know that it's fairly safe and just like chill out there and do your thing for a little while and then come back. I don't know. There's the, it's just a precise recipe that works for me. I think compared to the other one. There's a, a tension that's present in most of these games. Like don't starve fucking stresses me out. Yeah, Um, me too. But like no man's sky. And I'm going to compare no man's sky to Valheim only in the sense that like it has very good on ramping. And there's very low stakes when you're starting out. Whereas like even in Conan Exiles, um, I haven't played Rust, but I've seen a little bit of it. Like the stakes start out pretty high in those games where like, like if you don't fucking rush to get your shit together, you're just not going to be able to get over that first hump. But, but in this game, it is just very chill. It's very Zen. And I know the game expands like crazy. Um, I was watching a video and they were like zooming out to show the map, which I didn't do which is oh, silly that I didn't do bonkers. it, but like it's enormous. And like, yeah. 
this is one of those games. Uh, there's an anecdote where somebody was playing Pokemon Red Blue and they would get to, forgive me if this is one of you guys, they would get to your rival, fight him with the starter, and then they would turn it off, hand it to their sibling, and then they would play up to the rival starter fight. And then that they, to them, that was the game. And I bring that up because this starting Wait, area... Wait, I don't understand what you just I'm, said. I'm not enough of a Pokemon guy for that to have worked. Okay, every... <laughs> This is supposed to be a quick analogy. Um, every <laughs> let's Pokemon, not get into it. Let's yeah, move on. Let's just forget. The, the, what I'm trying to say is, though, is that I feel satisfied and fulfilled just in the starting area doing what Matt yeah. was talking about. Just cutting down tree, Like, watching the tree fall over is satisfying. And then, like, sometimes the tree will fall into other stuff and roll down hills and, like, knock other trees down. And that's, like, the most satisfying <laughs> thing because it just did a shitload of work for you. Yeah. Um, that's cool. But, uh, so, some things that I've noticed that make this a little different from the other games that I've tried is one, there's dungeons. So you'll find like little like caves hidden around that you can go inside. And it's this little like dungeon full of, you know, just full of, like loot and like, uh, rare materials that you can build up cooler stuff. Um, That's cool. and then there's also like world bosses roaming around. So there's these like giant trolls that'll walk around and when they get mad, they can just fucking knock over trees at you. And like, you might get hit by a tree when you run away from a troll. Um, and then there's like other like bigger mystical bosses where if you can manage to take one of them down, you get like you get buffs for like 20 minutes. So hmm. um, you take them down, you take a trophy back to this like shrine. And it's like, oh, the buff for this is, you know, more stamina or, you know, whatever. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like the there's always something that what's interesting is in like in Destiny, I'm always chasing something. I'm very specifically like I want to go get this gun. That means I have to follow this checklist. But in this game, it's like, I want to go kill that guy, but I also want to make my camp cool. Uh, so I'm going to kind of work towards going to that boss. But really, I'm going to spend like 90% of my time just like building walls and like building beds. You know, I don't know. It's, it, there's, there's this, it's this really cool combination of relaxing and uh, kind of survival. I don't, I yeah. Don't know. It's, it's survival We're, light. Would you, would you say that? Survival light? I mean, it's really like in that it doesn't mean that much, but there's there's a lot of systems that you interact with in order to Sure. Like I, I just meant like all you really have to worry about is eating food every once in a while. Like yeah, there, even there's that, not much more. Right. Like uh, what are you guys playing? What are you guys playing on and how much was it? Steam. PC 20 bucks. Yeah, it's early access, so it's only Steam. But it doesn't feel just, early access at all. I've never mm-hmm. had a crash. Um the game feels I mean other than the fact that I don't think there's any like end game goal that I'm aware of yet, maybe there is even. Uh, I haven't gotten far enough to for that to be an issue. Um, it doesn't feel early access in any way to me. That's cool. That sounds appealing. Yeah, I might have to try that out. I, I think I. Yeah, I think I like. Uh, I like survival games. Um, we need to figure out how to get a. Persi- I don't know if you can get persistent servers. I mean, I'm sure you can get a persistent server up right now. You we're can piggybacking off somebody else's server, but we have to wait for them to get on. But man, if like. If like the the SSMT crew got a little server going, like a persistent server for us, we'd the we'd, somebodies, the yeah, somebodies, the we could build some shit. So we could get yeah, a that's little town going. One thing I really like about this game is is it kind of defaults to solo, and the game also when you're multiplayer defaults to PVE. Like the PVP yeah. is opt in, and that's just like a little quality of life thing that a yeah. lot of these online games suffer from when it comes to bad actors and trolls and whatnot. But this game like just right from the get-go gets that but yeah jumping into people's worlds because when you start a game you make a world but like matt was saying you can just jump around as much as you want to other people's worlds it's very your cool character is the your character saves the progress 
and the world saves its own progress, if that makes sense. So I can pull stuff from my world and go to other people's worlds. And whatever, like I said, whatever is on my person at the time carries with me. But if I drop it over there, it's gone. Not gone. I guess I can get back to it, but, I, you know. Um, yeah. Is it it's easy cool for system. me to join uh, your game? Um, It's not hard. I mean, I mean like. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, you make a character and then when you log in you choose the world you start in so you would just choose a friend's world i think there might be a little okay. invite process but beyond that, there's a filter there's a filter where we like if we this yeah. is like totally not for the podcast we're gonna go into <laughs> it like we'll talk about it later we'll get you into a server yeah. uh it'd be super fun all right oh awesome I'm, I'm down for that uh maybe we can stream it seems like the thing to do yeah we should do a thursday stream again I can't imagine it not being boring. That's the thing. I don't know why people want to watch this game. I'm just punching trees over and over. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, cool. Um, what else you guys been playing? Well, I, I see uh, I see the medium on our list here. Well, and, and I had played a little bit last week, and you guys both got a little taste of it now, right? Yeah. I, I put in about an hour, hour and a half maybe on it. And um, I think it's real, real cool. I... I thought the um, when I first saw the trailer for it uh, at the big reveal, like you kind of didn't get a sense of gameplay as much. Um, but then later, I saw a gameplay video and I realized that it was a fixed camera style game, which I was like, "Whoa, I haven't seen one of those in years." <laughs> and playing it, I thought it was very refreshing. I really yes. enjoyed that sort of uh, kind of aesthetic. It just brought me back to the old, you know, and it controls actually fine. Like it's not tank controls in that you are pushing up to walk toward the screen or it's, it's never weird like that. It's, it's pretty intuitive controls, but still like it builds an atmosphere really well because of it and stuff. And so the, uh, the big gimmick of the game, the split universe thing is pretty cool. Like it's, uh, it's simplistic at first, but then I'm far enough along where it's starting to introduce mechanics that layer on top of it, which I'm like, Oh, this is cool. So uh, you can, exist in two realities at once, sort of like uh, the real world and some sort of like afterlife or something like that. Uh, it, kind of a demon world. I mean, it looks pretty gnarly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the um, Constantine anyway. hell world, essentially. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're walking around and your your movements are totally in sync. Uh, and, and anytime you reach an obstruction in one world, the other world gets a shimmery sort of like effect where you can't cross it. So you can never get out of sync with each other. And for a little while, that's the puzzle where it's like, okay, fine, where to go, what to do. Uh, you know, the you're kind of glancing back and forth the two sides of the split screen of like finding the puzzle solutions to the puzzle. Eventually, you can do what's called an out of body experience, where your live human stays where they are, and then the ghost version goes further. And like, oh, that's cool. And then so it starts building on. Then there's powers you can get uh, in the ghost version. So. It's cool. Uh, it's it's obvious that it's a pretty small team. Yeah. Um. There's you know there's lots of kind of budget cuts type stuff which never really bothered me. Um. But you can kind of tell. Uh. It reminded in that way it reminded me a little bit of Hellblade, although Hellblade is like way better looking. Uh, although this game doesn't look terrible. I think the only downside of this game is the facial animation is not quite there. Uh. You know. But. I like the story. I, I'm into it. Uh, I like the kind of, you know, vibe of it. The other small nitpick I have is the um, <laughs> the voice acting is good, uh, the main character, but there's this one tick that she does, which kind of drives me crazy. 
is that she pauses before, before words a lot. <laughs> like she's trying to find the right word for it. I noticed that too. It, it that stuck out because I I didn't play it. Kelsey played, and I just watched her play, and so I was kind of hyper focused on stuff like that. And um, there's other characters in this game, uh, and for some reason, her voice performance was just like yeah there was something a little it's yeah the way she like emphasized certain words like stood out to me and was a little off-putting i guess there's a there's quick aside i want to tell this anecdote that i heard that i think about all the time where um it was i can't remember who it was or whatever but it was a podcast i was listening to and they're talking about actors and like choosing line deliveries and he said that there was this one commercial uh just a rando commercial for whatever and the guy had to say, it was like finding a needle in a haystack. Like, that's the commercial, right? But I'm sure the actor on the day was trying all sorts of different deliveries. <laughs> and the one that he chose was, it's like finding a needle in a haystack. <laughs> like, and he didn't know like, the phrase. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Like, he invented the phrase on the spot at that moment. <laughs> and I think about I think about that all the time. So it's like... So this act, it's like this, they kind of do that in this game a little bit. We're like, you're saying something, but you're pausing too much. Like people, yeah. Anyway. You shouldn't, you shouldn't be thinking about this sentence in the middle of this sentence because it's obvious what you're about to say. Right, <laughs> yes, right. exactly. Yeah. And anyway, super nitpick, but uh, I think anyway, overall the game is cool and I, I'm going to keep playing it. Yeah. I, I just to kind of echo that, I think the environments and the lighting is really, really good in this game yeah. and it it definitely feels like the focus of their artistic development um where the character was kind of more secondary um but like the world is very cool and something i appreciate that kind of shares with valheim is that it's really chill like n- almost no stakes through a lot of at least what i've played of the medium there's so almost far. I know, no combat right there's there's a little bit of like hide and seek death stranding style hold your breath uh, later on, I know from trailers and, and over or reviews, but um, it's it's really chill. It's just all about the atmosphere, and they I think do a really good job with the atmosphere in the medium. It's yeah, it's almost like a visual novel in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You're just going through this story. It's, the puzzles are so far, you know, pretty simple, but that's not necessarily like a knock against it. I think it's just a like you said, it's a, it's a chill game. Yeah, it's it's, it's almost too. like a a walking simulator, but in the context of like a point and click adventure, uh, if that Kinda, makes yeah. any sense. Yeah. Yeah. yeah there's, there's um, a few like game over states scattered throughout it, but it doesn't, it's like, you're not just going to be like running into the same room and dying over and over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't think in this game. Although <laughs> I did hit a game breaking bug. As soon as I got into the like real locate first location, there's this suitcase with clothes scattered around it. And you can examine a shoe and there's like a sense memory tied to it. And after I examined it, I backed out of the menu and my character was embedded in the middle of the suitcase and I could not walk out of it. I couldn't jump. Like I couldn't do anything. I was totally stuck. And so I turned it off and I haven't turned it back on because of it. Well, it was a suitcase demon. Is the suitcase yeah, demon got, got me. You got, yeah, you it's it's like the that. mimic, right? Yeah. There's a, there's it's a puzzle. cyber town, baby. It's cyber town, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, but up until that point, that, I really enjoyed it. I also noticed uh, small bugs where, like, during the split screen, and it's hoping uh, I've done the split screen mode, like, I don't know, four times or five times or something. One of those times, uh, there was some, there was flickering where geometry was coming and going, mm. like, turning lit unlit. Um, 
So there was some, you know, there's some bugs here and there, but I don't, I, nothing terrible. Like I, um, yeah, so it's cool. Uh, I'm gonna keep keep playing it. Uh, which one of you guys has been playing Neo Two? That's me. And and I only wanted to mention this because, as as listeners know, I'm a Soulsborne fan. Um, but I had bounced off of Neo One real hard. Like, did not like that game. Um, got it for free, which I think is always part of it. I don't know if you guys are the same way. When you get a free game, there's just less incentive to play it. Oh yeah, I I need to dump money into something in order to care about it. Yeah, so I I picked up. I don't the... care about anything, no matter what I do. <laughs> as long as it's got Christ. a solid two to three hours in it, right? Um, so I picked up the remaster for PS5, and I have to say I am like incredibly impressed. Um, load times, of course, are super snappy, which I heard was a, a you know like two to three minute load times originally. What changed? Um, it went from PS4 to PS5. Um, and then everything got upscaled and it just got... No, no, but what changed for you? Why did you bounce oh, off yeah, I'm gonna, of it I'm gonna before get into and then... Yeah. Um, so, as listeners may also know, one of my pillars of liking games is is feeling attached to the characters. In Neo 1, you play as this uh, English Jeff, man. I didn't even know that. Why would our listeners know that? <laughs> um, but Neo 2 has a character creator, so of course I'm, I'm going to be more interested in it. But um, oh, the thing that... It? It does. You're not playing as that weird, dumbass white guy who's nope. a fucking samurai for some reason? Yeah, you're, you're no longer playing as Tom Cruise in The Last Samurai. So that was, like, point number <laughs> one that had me interested in when it first released. But with the remaster, um, I was just watching some more videos. And you're like, you know what? I'm in the mood for another action RPG. I'm going to give this a chance. It's, like, not full price because it's a remaster, and it just came out a couple years ago. And it took me a while to get into it, but I am fucking loving Neo 2 right now. So this is kind of a mini reco, um, but I'm fully addicted to this game. Um, and I'm, I'm just getting to the end of the very first of five areas. So, um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that out there because, like I said, I bounced so hard off the first one. I feel like it's kind of rare to jump into a sequel. Well, let's get let's get Dan in on this. You know, he's oh, no. our resident uh, souls like. No, I, I do want to give a quick shout out to this uh recent IGN uh, article of the best Souls-like games in the Neo series was their number one choice. Yeah, that was actually part and, of why I jumped into it. Interesting. Yeah, and uh, I guess we should mention uh, we're we're a couple Soul, Soulsborn guys here because uh, Jeff's Remnant from the Ashes was number five. And, and Darksiders uh, 3 was number seven. Yeah, and then uh, Jedi Fallen Order made number two, so that was yeah. fun. Hey, guys, uh, I make games yeah. too, though. Try them out. Matt, what games are they? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You should probably (laughs) can you bleep? Can you just bleep the whole line and then yeah? Uh, Awesome. All right. Well, let's let's move on to hold on. There's there's, hold on. We have not made good on a promise from last week, and we need to explain why. I don't even know what you're talking about, but go for it. The listeners were waiting for us to get back to them about how radical Destruction All-Stars oh, yeah. is. Because we said, we are going to play it. And then you know what yeah. happened? Valheim came out, and I mm-hmm. punched down trees all week. So, sorry. Yeah, and you know what happened with me is that uh, the downstairs TV was occupied, and so I played the medium on my PC instead. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. All right, so let's move on to our pitch for this week. It's Valentine's Day, and we thought... Why not give us a uh, give our uh, who's, I don't who's know how, everyone's Valentine? 
It's Dan. 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 Uh, We're going to give Dan a Valentine's gift in the form of a pitch. We're going to uh, curate and craft the perfect Dan game Dan, for him. Dan, our, our once and future guest host who isn't here right now. Yeah. Our semi-rotating regular co-host. Um, yeah. Dan, yes. the Valentine so he, man. Let's start with making a list of the kinds of things that... He likes in his games. Well, I guess oh, who is, so, yeah, who so is far Dan? Ahead. Who is Dan at a core <laughs> level? I want to get into the fucking paint on Dan. Oh man. Uh he's just this guy, you know. If I say okay, if I say one, two, three, go, and we all say the first thing that comes to our mind, I want to know where, oh where we're God. at. Do, uh, one, two, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do I'm gonna go one, two, three, go, and then we're all gonna say one word. An adjective to describe Dan. To describe Dan. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right. One, two, three, go. Genuine. Handsome. Nice. <laughs> I think those three are totally complimentary. Uh, Jeff, I actually didn't hear what Jeff said. I didn't hear Jeff's. Oh, I said genuine. That doesn't really, I mean, yes, th- those are all accurate. Uh, Does it help? I think it tells us everything we need to know. Okay. So. <laughs> handsome, nice, right, and genuine. So I, I did put together, I have four four uh game related terms that i think work really well for dan these are things that he often goes to in his own wait pitches. jeff you're not getting it we got all the information we need he's handsome nice <laughs> and genuine let's make a game for dan all right so he's a fresh-eyed genuine uh male model yes. on the run on the on the runway yes he knows exactly <laughs> how that goes yeah yeah uh, um, we need to introduce some uh, s- s- some puzzles or some friction in his life. Let me let me just reset a little bit though. We're not making a game to encompass what Dan is. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> making Dan a game, game that us. Dan right. Yes, we want to make a game that he would enjoy. So that's why I was saying like, what are the list right. of things that he likes to play? The kinds of games that he pitches, and so I can start right off the bat. Dialogue trees. Yeah, that's the first one I have written. Roguelikes number two. Uh, Number three is multiplayer. Number four is VR. Here's the thing. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, Although we should make a note, he's super motion sick. All the time. Not not that he gets motion sick. Right now, he is super motion sick. Yeah. Uh, So dialogue tree roguelike is an interesting combination, but the thing is, that game exists. It's called Griftlands, and he's... Uh, recommended it on the podcast before, <laughs> so it's like a game that was made for Murray. So we can't really go that so route. I, I wanted to, spin on it. to to make a note on the conversation trees. I Mike Bithell introduced this concept, and I think it's something that that Dan really like of the conversation network or the relationship network. Um, we yeah. talked about it on our our cruise uh, pitch with with Mister Bithell, and um, I think there's something really interesting there because those nodes on the conversation tree, the relationship tree can be a lot of different things. And so I, I, I was thinking maybe we could play with that. What else? Uh, are there any other kind of touchstones of games he likes? Hold on. He, he likes buying the same game many, many times. Is there a way we can gamify buying the same game? Oh, over we just got yeah. what we got to do. We got to put it on every platform and then yeah. we have to Make sure that there's reasons to play it on this platform other than that platform. Basically, we want to split up the user base as much as possible. Oh so shit! That, so that his friends are all scattered, and then he'll buy it on every 
every Hold on. platform. I, this is a great idea. This is a great idea. I think we should really run with this. So Wait, what so, I just said? Yes. Yeah, because I'm, I'm actually on board with this too. So, okay, let's <laughs> let's imagine, you know, PS5, Xbox Series, and Switch. Let, let's just start with the three consoles, right? Um, going back to my uh, Pokemon we put thing. In, we got to put in PC. Yeah. Okay, so PC, so four. So it's everywhere. But also there's a Quest 2 standalone version that Five. doesn't look very right, good. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, so versions. each one of these is like a Pokemon version where there is content that is exclusive <laughs> to that console. Um, but this is where it gets like really good is that we have full cross save support so that you are one character, one playthrough on all of these different devices and you have to switch devices to access certain areas of the content, certain this areas of the game. Okay. We're going right, to make right, so check. much money off of this. It's amazing. Um, publishers, if you're listening... Hit us up. Uh, okay, check this out. Network, uh, a dialogue network tree thing, Jeff, that you're mentioning. Um, <clears throat> it's hard to like not just ape Hitman, but let me just use Hitman as an example. Maybe we can turn it to something else. But imagine if there was a Hitman type game where you're talking to people and trying to figure this out, but you can't change clothes, you can't change identities. What you can do is change consoles. And so... Wait, what? If you, if you, <laughs> so each if console you play- is a different loadout. Yes. And oh. it, so so you can show up to this party as Mr. PS5 and you're like Mr. PS5 and everyone's like, hey, how's it going? Uh, I heard you got that awesome haptic controller. <laughs> and then like you switch <laughs> over and like you, you sign out or you switch games to your PC or your Oculus and like you're a different character or, or you're a different person with a different loadout somehow. I don't know if it's just clothes or abilities or what. Each but. one has to speak to the strengths of that thing of, yeah of right. that, yeah yeah exactly right? so pc is going to be like twitch aiming stuff like that's the that's the best part about pc right the ps5 is going to be about the haptic uh, yeah. controller stuff somehow right, the, so puzzle solving or something on maybe on puzzle PS5. solving or like or like lock picking somehow yeah, the, the, yeah. Mm. um and then your your oculus quest is going to be like dexterity yeah uh xbox juggling uh, challenges what's xbox do what xbox do um, you, you can put refrigerator you, magnets on it. I don't know. You can watch Twitch while you play it. <laughs> what Sorry, does Xbox, Xbox do? I mean, no offense, Xbox. But like, I have one. It's great. But what does Xbox do? I mean, technically, I know it has the most it's power. Game it's on Game Pass. That's, okay, that's what Xbox do. Everybody gets it because yeah. it's on Game Pass. Yes. That's your... The Xbox is the... Your Inventory management. Yes. <laughs> it's it's, the, it's oh. the first one's free of video games. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, so the Xbox slash, I guess technically it's on PC. Is the Game Pass is also on PC? So there's a little bit of overlap there, um, but that'll be your introductory level. That's your tutorial level. Um, I don't know. Is there any reason to go back to the Xbox then? I well, that's why I was saying like inventory management or something. Because the whole thing about Game Pass is you have this huge inventory of games. It's a little bit okay. of a stretch. The other sure. thing okay. you could do is um, connect. So oh, there's no. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, that's interesting. Wait, we don't have a game yet. Can we have a game first? All right. Yeah. yeah so but, so what's I, just, our goal? I was setting up. Right. I was ex- I was setting up the Hitman example just to lay the foundation for this concept. But now that we all have the concept, right? What's the actual game? What so, are you guys imagining as a setting? What's what's wow, the you perfect setting for Dan? I mean, I, I was gonna say a bar, 
I but was he's already I pitched was, that. I was thinking dinner party, like a fancy okay. dinner, like a big, okay. like in a gala, like you know, like like lots of important people around it, like a big dinner party, like somebody. Okay, let's do that. Somebody's winning an award or something, right? Um, so we need like we need like roguelike and like dialogue trees at a party, like that's that's yep. easy, yeah, definitely, Fucking basically done. We don't need to talk about that anymore. Uh, <laughs> it's written itself. It's written itself. Yeah. Just go back and but, listen to the Bithel episode and then transplant it all here. So how do you do dinner party roguelike? I guess like Groundhog Day kind of thing is the only thing I think of. Like, um, So that, that works. That movie Palm Springs. The movie Palm Springs. You guys have both seen that, yeah. right? Uh, no. The Andy Samberg one. Oh, oh you should God. watch it. It's, it's on Hulu, It's right? incredible. I heard it's great. Yeah. Uh, um, so so the, first scene, the first scene is him at a wedding. And, and so it's kind of the same idea. Like, He's stuck in a time loop, but he part of the time loop is this big social gathering, which is what we're talking about. Um, so, I, but like the Groundhog Day thing, we've just we've done so much. I don't know if there's any other way around it. What if you are okay? So it's this big gala. What if you're a server, but you're also secretly the grandchild of the person hosting it, and secretly, secretly, and. During the course of the game, your grandparent like has a heart attack or a stroke or something. They're gone. And then it comes into like a contest of will thing. And so your goal is to, over subsequent playthroughs, get to know the family, get to know the friends, and put yourself in a position where it is clear and obvious and a given that you should be the sole inheritor of everything. Is that well, anything? Well, Little Knives Out. Little knives out. Little knife. Little knives out. Little inception. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh-huh. Well, I was gonna say, why not just make it m- more of a straight up heist then? Okay. I mean, like, heists are always well, fun. Because dialogue tree, I guess we want to hammer home that dialogue tree somehow. What's the name of that one? Um, I mean, you just get information right. for the heist, I guess. Yeah, I, I think it it could be less about like sneaking and less about hacking or, or lock picking and more about using information like yeah um i'm reminded of that that show sneaky pete on uh amazon did you ever watch that the brian cranston one I, watched the, where I watched the first episode it's it's oh, a very brian good show cranston he's the mob boss and uh uh what giovanni ravisi is the main character holy shit um, forgot about that yeah anyway uh in that show basically the main character is uh posing as his cellmate after getting out of prison and he goes to his cellmate's family pretending to be him who's like this long lost son or whatever and so anyway the whole idea is like maybe there's a heist but you are actually pretending to be this heir okay anything there okay because then it's like people are trying to catch like and it happens all the time in the show it's like yeah i remember that one time where we did that one thing and then he has to be like yeah that was that was real fun He's like, no, it was terrible. Like, yeah, no, that's what I mean. It was terrible. <laughs> so, okay, some something we need to we need to work out here is is there a time rewind mechanic where your job is to go in, get information, time runs out, rewind again, and then go take another path to get more information? Is that what we're talking here, or is it just every time you load the game up, it's a different? You know, the the safe is in a different location. The the password is different. Uh, Maybe it's mm. not a safe. Maybe it's behind a locked door. You know, like, is that what the roguelike portion, like, where does the roguelike come in? Like, is it is it a time rewind oh, okay. roguelike or is it just like I, every I, time you play it? How about, hmm. how about this? I, 
I think just because we've done it before, I would, I would move away from the time rewind. Here's what I would Agreed. say. What if there was like, <clears throat> you know how like a lot of kind of um, lifestyle games have seasons now and it's kind of become a normal thing where every month or so there's a new sort of refresh or update. What if you are living out this sort of imposter thing? You're like embedded yourself with this rich family, but every the beginning of every season is like the big event. So like the day-to-day game, you're going going around just like mundane stuff, like going through like RPG style, but then it always culminates at the end of the season, at the end of the month in like this big banquet or maybe this get together or maybe something, someone dies as a funeral, like some big social event. Ooh, and I, then I that it. you I got it. This yeah. is okay, I'm going to run with that and and mm-hmm. let's let's just say these are month-long seasons. And so yeah. the first 3 weeks are all about gathering information as much as you can, building those relationships, and then the last week of the month is the heist. So you have a week to complete it. Wait, and are then, you talking about yeah. real life weeks? Yes. And yeah. then and then everything rolls over and it gets reset, it gets randomized. This is where the alter the alternate consoles come in. Every console is a different group of relatives or relationships in different locations. So you could say like Monday, I'm going to load up my switch and go to the bus stop and talk to my cousin, you know, my cousin, Greg, and we're on the bus stop because the switch is mobile, right? Like you play it on the bus. So you're at the bus stop, you, you know, you're talking to Greg, you go with him to his, you know, his, his job at the quickie mart or whatever. And so you're riding the bus. There's another person that comes on. So like you have that. And then Tuesday, I'm going to play on my PS5. And the PS5 is a rave machine. It's got all these crazy lights and fans. So I'm going to go to this big party Tuesday night and talk to my uncle and then his kids, um, which are also my who cousins. Who all hang out at the rave. Who hang out at the rave. <laughs> but like, you get what I'm saying. We're like, that's where the yeah. different consoles come in. Okay. Let me just uh, stop here and let's, let's clarify something. You know, we are game. All of us are game developers. We're kind of in a privileged position where we actually own a lot of consoles. That's not the case for everybody. Let's oh, that's say not the, the that's av- not the case for anybody. Yeah, we're, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, we're, exactly. we're idiots, first of all. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I do want to just kind of address that and say, like, can this game work? Or like, I think there's an opportunity for some, like, interesting social multiplayer where, like, I have to coordinate with a friend who has a different console. So like, I was thinking, I was thinking right now there's this whole thing of, like, uh, I... I have a PS5 because that's where all my friends are when I play this game. And so we want to play together. So we all bought PS5s together. How interesting would it be if a game incentivized you to play with other consoles where it's like, yeah, having this console is, is, is actually like, like a benefit to all your friends who are on like other, other systems. Yeah. Cause yeah. that, that, yeah. that's a good way to get around it. Like people, people like us who are, are stupid enough to buy all the systems and then leave half of them to collect us for the next 10 years. <laughs> We can choose one of the one of the systems and be helpful, based on like what our friends have bought or what you know what what's going on there. Yeah, I, so I think if you're that's gonna... good. And and the multiplayer thing also clicks one of one of my notes, which which is he does like multiplayer games. You know, I'm, I'm thinking more of Spelunky, but um, that's an important interaction. And um, with cross saves, like like consistent accounts and stuff, I think that's brilliant because a lot of people own PCs and they're only ever going to play on PCs. Um, and so like maybe the PC is like main market, like that's the main game. That's where the heists and stuff take place. And then the consoles are almost like those more satellite, uh, encounters. I mean, I don't think that's necessary to really designate one as the main one, but 
I do want to say, let, let's clarify something else is, uh, do you play like, who are you playing as? Like if we're talking about multiplayer in terms of my PS5 guy has to help out your Xbox guy or whatever, like, are we playing the same person? Are we like, are we in cahoots? Are these like we're, a mole? It seems like we're pushing towards a, like a team heist game, which has been yeah. like our, our last 10 ideas on this podcast have been team heist <laughs> games. Um, what if, I mean, Echo the Dolphin wasn't really a team heist no. game. Until we added We the did shark. have ocean raids. We had ocean That's raids true. with the shark and octopus. We had, it was Fish Destiny. That's right. Um, uh, what, if, <laughs> what if there is... So I don't think you should play as the same character. I think there right. should be a cadre of, of characters or a CC and um, it would be interesting if each platform had like th- three different like archetypes uh, sure. with some overlap. So you could, you know, you could choose to play how you want to play, but there's still differences between the PS5 player and the PC player and the Switch player. When you're on the Switch, you can play as Link. When you're on the Xbox, you can play as Yoshimitsu. It's VR chat uh-huh. heist. <laughs> it's, it's Soul Calibur 2. Um and when you're on Xbox, you can play a spawn. Yeah. Uh, no, I think that's true. I think that's, it's kind of like, I remember back in the day that was very frowned upon because it's like, God damn it. I want to play as spawn, but I, I have the game key or you know, whatever. But having like a, a, a number of options, like if you don't like the one character, that kind of sucks. But like, yeah, if you have three or four per console, you know, everyone can find someone they like. I think that's cool. Yeah. So you got Master Chief, uh, you got Link, you got... Um, uh, Gordon Freeman on PC. You got uh, um, all as beans though, and then <laughs> as beans, yeah. And then Spider Man on PS Five, yeah. obviously. Um, yeah, I think that's fun. I, what is so? Is this is just? A, I want to like kind of hammer down some details that we've been a little wishy washy on. Sure. This is this is a heist where you're trying to steal something. Yep. Okay. You are posing as. At least one of you, maybe like you can choose who of the team is going to be like the main guy under pressure, like posing as the heir. And the other guys will be like, you know, support roles or something or, you know, something like that. So you choose. And then, yes, there's a heist, uh, whether it's something in a safe, like an heirloom or whatever. Um, I'm watching Lupin and the big centerpiece of that whole show is like this extremely expensive family heirloom necklace. Uh, So it's like something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna make a suggestion here that might be a little radical, mm-hmm. but I think it's gonna help us proceed. What if we don't do the stuff where all the consoles are different games? What? Because <laughs> no. Because I think we're that's... getting hung up on this idea a little too much. I. But that's like the coolest idea, and it's also totally what Dan would do. He would buy all these games over and over again. I think that's that's my favorite part of the idea. I mean, I guess I understand so, that there's I. I see both your points. I think I think we have the consoles. We have these like console specific classes. Like I think we can move on from that and concentrate yeah, on the rest. That's right. Yeah, sure. let's move on from that. I get no. I guess. Well, I guess my point is just like, you know, if 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 VR person can pick locks and yeah. you don't have a VR person in your group of friends, like what? How does that work itself out? If you know, like if if the PS five friend is able to i don't know whatever the fuck we decided um you know like how does it work itself out when you don't have access to people who play on those consoles i, I think i think it just makes the... it a little harder that's all it's it's um the more people you have the more tools you have at your disposal but 
it's kind of like, uh, you know, if you have only one console, even if you're playing this thing single player, like it's just going to take more groundwork, more social manipulation, more dialogue trees to open up abilities. Like you have to find ways around those things, which is should still be possible. Yeah, okay. I, don't, I wouldn't want to gate that out. Having having a sandbox game where you can approach the situation from multiple angles, I think, is super important. Um, the other thing, you know, just to kind of go back to a point we made earlier, is that like having three to four different classes. Like, imagine it like Overwatch, where there are twenty characters, and each console has five of them. So some of them have like overlaps, but there's enough variety there with enough overlap of skills that even if you only had three people playing on, you know, each of the main consoles, um, you know, just like Overwatch, someone chooses that character, you can't be that character now. So like you're almost the the game is structured in such a way as to diversify your talents. So even if you don't have the VR person, there's enough overlap with the other classes. What if I've only got my PlayStation boys? Then there's four classes you, there that should have a yeah, good Yeah, I think you can breath. still play That's it. just game balance at the end of the day, I think. That's just game balance. Yeah. That's not our job. No. no, it's not our job. Um, Yeah, I think that the multiple console thing is a bonus. I don't... As much as I would like it to be the core of the game, I think that's not... It's, 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 it's kind of what harder. I was getting at. Is it, you, yeah. you get into some hot water of like people being like, well, I bought this game. Why can't I do all this stuff? You know, like... Yeah. That's true. I mean, I... I can't get, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not into Pokemon anyway, but uh, the idea of choosing one over the other, just philosophically, red now, versus blue or whatever, it's like, maybe that's the thing. Deal with this. Can you pick up skills from the other consoles and build your character out that way? And Ooh, that way, oh shit. Oh shit. That's great. Okay. So, because then we can make okay. them vastly different. You, and you then know you what? You just have to join like public servers or whatever and right. make friends or something. There's, there's a system so, in Neo. And Neo 2, or at least Neo 2, where if when you upgrade a, a piece of equipment, whether it's a weapon or a piece of armor, um, some of them have skills which have a little specific icon. It's like a line, an arrow, and then another line, which denotes that that skill or that attribute will transfer to whatever it's placed into if you use it as an upgrade material. So with that in mind, I'm thinking, what if there's like some sort of like resource system where you need to be exchanging goods or like, like maybe I find a key and I need to pass it on to somebody else. And maybe there's like an attribute or something that my key comes with because I'm on PlayStation. I give it to Danish. He's on Xbox. And now that attribute is passed on to him. And maybe there's some sort of prestige system where if you collect enough things with these attributes, you can unlock it on your character. And then you can like swap it out for one of your other attributes at any time That's to kind great. of make a custom yeah. class. That's great. And I, I love the idea of, you know, message boards or whatever saying like, we need an Xbox guy on this on this mission. Like anyone on Xbox, can, can, can we get some of your, you know, gear or something like that? Yeah. And then it kind of promotes that collaboration. I think that's really cool. You have to finish the heist to get the other players like yes. skills or whatever. That's good. Yeah. That's your reward for working together in these yeah. trying times. Yeah. Where consoles are against other consoles. <laughs> we could change the face the, of video games. Yeah. This is just like I think so. Jack Nicholson once told me, uh, can't we all just get along? God, I remember when he told you that. It was crazy. Yeah. He just, it was like, right in the middle of Mars Attacks. You. Yeah, he, he came he into the theater. Up to you in the middle of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, let, let's let's 
maybe talk a little bit about the the randomized scenarios. Like, yeah, I really want, that's what I want to drill down on. I need to understand how the roguelike stuff really fits in. I want to understand dialogue trees. Those are my two things. So I, from from where I'm sitting, what I'm thinking about this, you know, you have these three weeks of preparation time where everyone's kind of going out and, and interacting with these characters and like day-to-day life. And it almost feels, you know, visual novel-esque in this beginning stages where you're just talking to people. Um, I like the idea of, you know, an Outer wild style network of like all the different relationships, you know, going back to what Bithel was talking about. Um, and then I think it might be interesting even to have like um, each week of the month be kind of a different stage. So maybe that first week you're like getting to know people. And then the second week you can still talk to those people, but you also are starting to like case the joint a little bit. So you're, you're like sort of married into this group of people. Right. Right. So you're, you're with this group for a month or something like that. And then, so the second week you're starting to case the joint, you're finishing up your relationships. The third week you're finishing casing the joint. And then you're also maybe like starting to plant things, you know, John Wick style along your routes or inside the location so that you can use them later. And then that final week is like the culmination of all that, that planning and and preparation. Is that anything? And if, and if you're, uh, if one of your teammates, like flakes out and doesn't that's, show up. That's the concern. You get like an AI replacement. That's like a real, like, like schlub. Just like a real t- dipshit. Just like terrible at everything. <laughs> <laughs> this is, I mean, I, I don't want it to get too close to that other heist game we did where, where, you know, you, where you would have to go plan B plan C. I can't remember what we called that one. Um, you know, I wonder if, if you even do that or if there's just an empty spot, like this person flaked out and now you're like really SOL and you just have to rely on your wits and your quick thinking and the remaining skills you have to finish it out. Hey, I had an idea on my list of games here that I wonder yeah. if this might this this might reset the fucking clock on this idea. So uh, I'm a little worried about opening up this this uh, particular fucking Pandora's box. Um, but I had this idea where what if you're in like Okay, I don't I don't think the long time frame works for this game. I think it's too I think it's too iffy. Um okay. because I think most people are gonna be like, I just wanna get to the heist. Like that's the cool stuff. I don't want to case the joint all this time. So nobody's gonna want to do all that legwork and like your teams are just gonna fall apart by the time you get to do a heist. That's how I'm feeling. Um it also feels a lot like homework, just saying. Um so I think the game should should just take place in the uh in the party. Mm-hmm. And I think <laughs> uh this is my weird idea i'm not saying i think this should be but this is my weird idea what if you don't know who's on your team while you're at the party and the entire game takes place through dialogue trees so if i'm talking to somebody at the party their responses can only be done through dialogue trees so i'm not sure if i'm talking to ai or other players since we can mm-hmm. only work through dialogue trees mm-hmm. um i might have even like pitched this idea for another thing but i like the idea that this is for this like, game seems like interesting. A, a, taking the idea of a Turing test and making it a, a, a test of like, are you with me or are you on the inside? Mm-hmm. Yes. Like that's are, yeah. are you just a regular party? Like, because you don't want to walk up to somebody in the party and go, do you know what the fuck, what the combination is? They're going to be like, yo, this dude's asking about the combination of the safe, <laughs> you know? So you have yeah. to like, sort of like talk to, people and try to figure out like hey have you seen anybody acting weird and they might be like oh yeah that guy over there and i go over and 
And then I tried it. Oh, she, okay. This is Dan. I figured it out. This is Dan. And yeah. then, uh, from there we like, we like form our team. Maybe the whole rapper is that some like high up, uh, whatever you would call it, whoever like puts heist together. If there's a, like a word for that person, they got us all together. And then for some reason, didn't tell us who our teammates <laughs> are. Uh, and so like, that's like the first part of it is working through these dialogue trees. And then the, the party itself is just sort of like randomized in terms of like, what we're trying to get what where it exists what the past you know passwords are locations uh the yeah. layout of the house or whatever we're in uh, it's very um uh spy party what was what was the name of that game uh there's one game I think spy party yeah well yeah. there's spy where party you have but... the sniper and you have the spy and they're yes, like spy yeah. party right there's another game i was going to say it's it's actually a, a board game or like a in person tabletop type game called two rooms and a boom which is about uh like people infiltrating and trying to assassinate like the president at this, you know, political function and like same idea. It's social deduction. It's you actually are going and you're kind of role playing and you have a card you're holding. It tells like, it says who you are. Like I'm the security detail. I'm the caterer or whatever. And then you go talk to, but then like there's a little hidden thing of like, no, I'm actually the agent or whatever. And so it's basically two. This is, this game is basically two rooms in a boom plus uh roguelike based around dialogue trees that involves multi-console cross-play with unique abilities yeah yeah i think i think that is a very good summation i you know i'm 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 trying to think right now though like does this break the multi-platform shtick that we have going it enhances it and i'll tell you why um now i'm not going to get into like other like I, I still think we can work with like the whole like skills per console thing that can transfer to other people when as you like complete stuff and like level up with other people or whatever but what's interesting about this is if we're let's say we're all playing on pc right we're just gonna jump into discord we're all gonna hear each other we're gonna go hey i'm over by the drink cart we're gonna figure that shit out we're gonna move on to phase two whatever the fuck that is breaks the whole game but you don't got Discord on PlayStation. You don't got Discord on my my VR headset. So if I'm playing with those people, my only choice is to play this game through its in-game chat, which means it can mute us during phase one, which is when we're trying to figure out who is who and we're working through dialogue trees. But then once we've all found each other and put our names on the list and we say, all right, in 10 minutes, we go meet by the drink cart. That is like a success for phase one. Phase two, now we can all talk through our walkie-talkies. We figured out who everybody is. That's cool. Yeah, I I like that a lot. It. Is there is there a um a a mechanic in here where some players might be antagonists? Um, in the sense, you know, to to quote the the classic phrase, you know, it'll open the right doors, but also some of the wrong ones. Um, I would is love there that element to it because I think I that would could love be the scenario where we all meet at the, at the drink cart. And we're like, okay, this is the team. And then one guy is like, no, it's not, motherfucker. And now that's like a whole new layer of shit that we have to deal with and like keep this person from like blowing the whole thing. Like maybe they should have their own goals where they don't just want to like scream out and end the game immediately. What what I'm kind of getting at is like, what if there are two teams? Oh shit. Yes. Two teams. Hold on. And each team is like, let's say four people. So there are eight total players in each of these scenarios and team a has, you know, objective, you know, X and team B has objective Y but the thing is, you don't know who's on which team. So 
when you meet up at the water cooler, you know, you know, you're looking for four people, right? Yeah. And but one those of four them, people might not be all on team A. One of them or two of them might be on team B and like, you're not sure. And so part of the deduction is like, how well can we get our team together so that we can complete our objective first? But then the other thing is like, maybe we want, you know, team member three to be on the wrong team to, you know, get a little bit of information on what they're doing to help sabotage it subtly. So they don't know they're on team B, but like, they're kind of helping us like that. Yeah, can, you, be, can there, can there be a scenario where we get our, our team together and three of us are like, it's, it's the three of us, you, uh, uh, Jeff, Danish and me. And the fourth person starts talking. We're like, who the fuck is this guy? And, <laughs> and then he's like, no, it's cool. I actually want, well, you guys are after anyway. I'm just gonna help you guys out. And whoever our actual fourth is, we're just like, ah, fuck them. We're gonna go with with Pete over here, who's yeah. just gonna yeah. help us out for some reason. But maybe he's lying. That's a whole right. thing too. Yeah. But I mean, that's that's another s- thing that that pushes it into the in-game chat is because maybe you know, like we all join the same game, but we might not all be on the same team, which could be interesting. Oh, oh. Check this out. I uh, I I love this in-game chat idea, and it's it uses. It it uses the core system level features of the of the console in world, you know, and so I'm thinking like that's such a cool idea. How can we push that even further? PS5 has that like screen sharing thing where like we were doing that the other day, like last month or whatever, when we were watching you play uh, Dark Souls and stuff. It's like what if that's like the next level? Like okay, you get you get together, you're on voice chat, but now if you unlock the like the camera in your glasses or whatever now i can you can stream your game Ooh, to me like picture and now picture. i see through that's good yeah, so now it's picture in picture and maybe that's like a perk of the ps5s can do picture in picture stuff whereas uh i don't know I'm i trying mean to think, on, like, honestly you could do this all in game you know i mean this is maybe way too technical for a right. podcast but like render to texture stuff like we could absolutely yeah, yeah. have like hidden camera sharing in, but I, in the, I do yeah. like tying that ability in to the PS5 just because it's something the PS5 can do. Even if technically all, right. all the hard work right. could do it. I mean, that, that could the be the, the PS5 perk. Like all five of those classes all get picture-in-picture capabilities that no one else has. And like maybe PC gets like better voice chat or something because, you know, PC. Check out this idea for the Xbox Series X exclusive ability. A companion app because Xbox got the quick load. We can switch between games. Oh my god! A eh? different app altogether. <laughs> oh man, actually, so I kind of love that though—that you're switching you games sw- on the what fly. What are you switching to? <laughs> I don't know. It's stupid. <laughs> so I was thinking, who cares? It's awesome. What? Who cares? <laughs> I, here's the thing: you, the abilities all have to be something that, even though the the PlayStation can do picture in picture as like a native feature, all the other consoles can do it because we're actually using that feature within the game engine. We're not actually right. using the PlayStation right. 5's version. It's, it's yeah. disguised as the class right. ability. Yeah. So like that can then, if we finish this thing, somebody on another console can then have that ability. Yeah. Yeah. They basically exactly. get, yeah, you know what I mean? Uh, so whatever it is on the other consoles, it has to be like a transferable ability, I think. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh, check it out. Uh, Series X can do 120 frames a second. So all those characters can go into bullet time. Jeez, that's a hell of an ability. <laughs> that, is, that is a pretty crazy ability. I was going to say they could pass out microphones and or uh, walkie-talkie. Like maybe maybe for every, like up until that point, if you don't have an Xbox person, you can talk in person. You can overhear each other, like proximity chat. It's, yeah, yeah, If you yeah. have an Xbox guy, they can hand out uh, right, like right, earpieces right, right. 
uh, because Xbox is has really good team chat. Stuff. <laughs> Do they? Um, I don't know. That, so play uh, PC. Um, what's the biggest thing about PC? Modding. All right. How do oh. like, you can just change things. the fucking game? <laughs> no, no. Like you have trick weapons or like, like your PC is the gadget guy, right? Like he has oh. the exploding yeah. pen because he's modded it. Yeah. That's good. That's real good. Yes. And switch can undock, which means you have a boat, <laughs> which well, is perfect for all those for dinner parties. <laughs> yeah. No, we lost. <laughs> all right. Maybe there's no, I think this is, I think this is uh, awesome. I, I hope, yeah. Dan, uh, I hope you enjoy this gift to you, this you Valentine's know, Day gift. You know what I want to hear? I want Dan to listen to this, and I feel like he's going to have ideas to add to it. Like, mm-hmm. uh, like they almost figured out who I am, but I'm more of an enigma than they realize. Here's the <laughs> real perfect game. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so uh, let's say this on air now and totally surprise Dan with it, and he'll have no choice but to uh, do it. Dan will come on next week and give us his reactions to this pitch. And if the episode's late, it's because uh, the scheduling <laughs> was hard to work. <laughs> uh, awesome. Well, someone should make it. Someone that was should an, definitely make it. That was an awesome, awesome pitch. I'm very happy with that. Let's move on to our recommendations. Uh, I'll start off. I watched uh, Judas and the Black Messiah on HBO Max a couple nights ago. And it was absolutely fantastic, and I highly recommend it. It was um, very powerful and moving, and the maybe one of the best performances I've seen like in the last year. Uh, Daniel Kaluuya was just riveting. So yeah, uh, awesome, awesome movie. Highly recommended. Uh, I have one. It's a YouTube channel surprise, and it's uh, it, it's it's a little interesting because. Uh, this guy puts out a lot of videos, and I don't care about a lot of them because his his main thing is the game Trackmania. Uh, the YouTube channel is called uh, Virtual, but spelled with a W instead of a V. Um, and he talks a lot about Trackmania. He's like this really high-level Trackmania uh, player. He has, uh, like, world records on tracks and stuff, and he, he talks about, like, how he got those world records. And he, he has these really well animated videos about like basically if 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 the video happens to be about you know how i broke the world record on this track he goes through like his journey and like the weird little like tricks that he found in track mania and the you know the weird little tricks like the rest of the community worked and how that affected uh his his line you know it's a racing game right so at first it's just like let's just take the tightest line around these corners uh, as fast as we can and whoever can do that as pixel perfect they're they're the world record holder for now but what happens is there's weird little like quirks in this game where they find out oh yeah if you bounce off this wall just right it gives you like a tiny little boost at the apex of this turn uh and now we're beating this record by another like tenth of a second or even less than that like it comes down to these like insanely low numbers um and some of them are insane where it's like you have to jump into this wall and it bounces you off this weird angle and you get up like on the second story and he was he's he's working out the math of like okay I can do that I can do this first turn perfectly 50% of the time I can do this one 25% of the time and then this weird bounce trick maybe like one in 20 times and he works out and he's like I have like a 
0.2% chance of pulling this off ever, right? And that's what it comes And he's just doing it over and over and over and over. And he always gets to this point where he's like, and then this happened. And he shows this like perfect run of track mania where he hits all his apexes. He does the weird wall thing. He bounces a million miles in the air because of the physics glitch that they found and just like perfectly goes through. And it's like, it's just the most satisfying thing to watch these like long form explanations of how all these tricks came together and how the community like found all this stuff. And then you get to see the perfect execution of it. Uh, Really, really fun, cool late night stuff to put on when you're just relaxing and you want to watch somebody doing a thing really good this is uh it's so amazing that we started doing this parallel without even talking to each other because i also went down the rabbit hole of youtube videos explaining speed runs there's a uh the youtube channel i watched was called bismuth speed run explained that's spelled b-i-s-m-u-t-h and the one that i could recommend which is like this 20 minute video on mario kart 64 same sort of thing, except it was like the history of speedrun glitches and stuff. Like, you know, back in 2003, we discovered that you could do this. And then, you know, 10 years later, someone, this so-and-so person discovered this. There's one, they, they focus on one specific glitch called, like, which is basically driving through walls. And it's, I think it's pretty similar to what you're saying. Like, great motion graphics explaining things like, okay, so in the game code, uh, if you hit a wall and you enter this barrier, it's like, okay, this is a collision thing. So if you are in this zone, you will bounce off. But if you go fast enough, frame one, over the course of one frame, you can actually skip over that zone. And so the game doesn't recognize that you're even in it and you can go through it. But to do that, you have to go like the equivalent of like 100 miles an hour. And Mario Kart, really, you can only top off at like 80 miles an hour, something like that. (laughs) But... So they come up with ways to increase your speed to do it, or there's certain angles where the number of frames is less. It's, it's awesome. And there's another one for Zelda where the, this is something I was actually familiar with before, but it's really fascinating. It's basically memory rewriting. If you do certain things in Zelda or Mario, uh, everything you do changes the memory footprint of the currently loaded RAM. And, uh, so it's this bizarre thing. If you look at it on the face of it, it's like, what are you even doing? Like for this trick to work, it's like almost a, one of those fake game pro April Fool's things. Like, okay, oh, yeah. to get this to get this trick to work. How do I get Luigi? You take, you take five steps forward, then you jump backwards four times, you spin in a circle. It's like all these crazy things, but it's actually accurate because it's rewriting memory in very specific ways and it's pushing one hex value along to a certain location so that when you do this other thing, you can replace that hex value and suddenly a, you know, a, a coin becomes a key. And now you can use that key to unlock a door. Like that's basically what you're aiming for. So anyway, same thing, awesome stuff going into like glitches and speed runs. And it, I love these explainer videos. It's so it's, cool. It's so. insane. We both landed on this exact same yes. thing today because, because we were writing our things down. We behind the scenes, we have a, we have a little like sheet. So we remember what the fuck we're doing. And we both basically wrote down the same thing. And we're like, are you serious? Right. Did you just steal this from me? <laughs> and, and, uh, and like, we're, they're both racing games and we both like them. I think because of the explanation, right. It's not yeah. just watching a speed run. It's somebody explaining why this stuff works. And like, what, like you said, walking through the history of, yeah, at first we thought five minutes was a good time, and we got it down to like forty-five seconds using these weird glitches. And it took like because yeah. Track Mania has been all around for a while too. They've there's ones where they've been working on it for years, and like 
uh, a record will stand for multiple years at a time. And then somebody accidentally will do something that like changes the whole game. And now everybody's exploding back onto this track again to try to figure it out. Really I want to give one. I want to give one more example because it's absolutely fascinating. It was for Zelda: Ocarina of Time. Uh, someone was playing an emulated version of it um, with. I think the. It was something like they wanted to play with the GameCube controller, uh, or sorry. They wanted to. They basically they wanted to use original hardware, and so they had some weird emulator that let them recognize the N sixty four controller or whatever. When they ran Link into a door and then let go of the controller stick immediately, Link would warp through the door or something like that. I'm, I'm simplifying it. And it's like, well, that's crazy. Why is that happening? Um, and it turned out that the emulator the emulator that transferred the analog controls from the N64 controller to whatever was slightly off. So a neutral uh, position on the N64 controller was actually like a few degrees back, still in the dead zone, but back. And it turns out that uh, if you did that in the real game, you could still do this trick. So basically it was the whole thing of like people running the analog stick all the way forward and then hitting it back, offsetting it in the same amount. And it's just bizarre confluence of like events that discovered this trick. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah, like accidental stuff. That's, that's the funnest stuff yeah. where somebody accidentally does something and like beats the world record. And everybody's like, what the fuck just happened? This guy that we, cause they all know each other, right? All these speed runners, like there's, yeah. a, there's like a top 10 or whatever. And it's like s- suddenly this name that nobody's ever heard, heard of just explodes to the top and they're all confused about what's going on. It's, it's, it's so fun to watch that stuff. It's great. <laughs> I, I kind of keep, I, I want to keep talking about this, but it's, it's I think yeah, we've talked we've about it. So it's, it's awesome. Uh, all right, Jeff, what do you got? Uh, yeah, I just want to tack on one quick thought, and that's when you love a game, or even if you're struggling with a game, I find watching speedruns is like the best medicine for that, um, especially if you're stuck. I mean, if you've like played a game five times and you just want more out of it, speedruns are awesome because they're always little tricks. But if you're struggling with a game specifically, I find speedruns amazing because usually when you struggle with a game, it's because you are not understanding or not interacting with mechanics in in the correct way or whatever or like um, core little like quirks to a game or something i get, I get right. what you're saying yeah. and so these the speed runs when they're going through this process what they're really doing is they're like reverse engineering the design of the game and it's just yeah. so interesting but it can help tons especially on a, a soulsborn game which is where i oh, yeah. i tend to them the most it's one thing to know that you have invincibility frames when you're rolling it's another mm-hmm. thing to know exactly where those frames are during the roll right and I think or, that's or sort of the type of thing yeah, and, and a lot of it goes down to like bosses and stuff. Like when they do their attacks, when he swings from the right side, his back right leg is completely safe. So you can get in two hits every time he does that move. Yeah. And the crazy thing is if you move to his left leg immediately, he does that move again so you can abuse it. Anyway, um, I I don't have a full-on reco this week. This is a, a re-reco, um, which is becoming a theme for me. But um, it took me a while to jump into this, and I can't recommend it enough. Ted Lasso on Apple TV+. Plus. I wasn't going to do this because it's already been recommended, but guys, holy shit, is this like one of the most perfect shows I've ever seen. Hey, Dan's going to be real happy listening to this episode. I know. He was the one who really pushed it, and by golly, he was right. Was I not here? Because I don't know what you're talking about right now. So Ted Lasso is an Apple TV Plus series starring um, totally Jason Sudeikis. Thanks. I blanked on his name. Um, He's uh, an American football coach from Kansas. And he gets hired by uh, a British 
football club, the soccer to us, um, to be their coach, having no experience <laughs> in this whatsoever. Um, I, it seems to me that this whole series is based on like a short film parody of the Super Bowl he did in like 2013. Um, and if you watch that or, or if you're familiar with that, uh, that really plays up like the cultural disparities. But what's great about the actual show is like he is this like paragon of positivity throughout the show. And that paired with the fish out of water American and England thing is just such a perfect recipe. Awesome. Not since the Geico caveman has a commercial succeeded in a full on show. I, don't know. <laughs> I forgot they made that. Wasn't that a, wasn't that a thing? That was, yeah, a, they, that did, was they did a, a caveman thing. thing. Yeah. They yeah, made a TV anyway. show out of a commercial. <laughs> what? Well, that's what Ted Lasso is. And yeah. it, I didn't it's, even it's realize there was a commercial until last night when I was talking to some friends they're like, Oh, you mean this thing? But yeah, yeah, that sounds like there was a premise. This was just like cavemen are dumb and even they can do our <laughs> shit. Like that was the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, awesome. Well, that will do it for this week's episode of Someone Should Make This. Thanks for listening. You can always tweet at us at, at Make This Podcast, and it would help us out if you give us a rating on iTunes. And if you have any comments, a game idea, and Jeff's somebody's editing Sorry. the fucking list while I'm trying to He's trying to get it back on the page. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I had such a strong start on that one. Oh, it was so good. I, God damn, it was the best one I was ever gonna do. Let's restart, re-roll. <sighs> Deep, deep hey. breath. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the energy is just fucked right now. <laughs> it's all staying. It's all staying in. If you have any comments, a game idea of your own, or think one of our ideas already exists, email us at someone should make this podcast at gmail.com. Thank you to Mariachi Entertainment System for letting us use their music for our theme song. You can hear more of their music at mariachimes.com. Until next week. Leave to the hard part. Now someone, someone should, someone should, should make, make it. it.